0: ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day.
1: GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp with an upgraded vein and seal system. Go check it out today at www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk hey.
0: Nick DeNoble, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you, sir? Good. How's it going with you? It's going really good. Hey, thank you for taking some time out of your day. I know it's it's a Sunday and it's and you're busy and You've got family things going on. I really appreciate you sitting down with us.
2: Yeah, no problem. It's uh, it's an honor being on your show too. You know, like I was telling you before the meeting, and I've always looked up to your guys shop that you've had and stuff. And it's uh, it's great to talk to, uh, to a guy like you and tell everyone about me growing up, racing, and pretty much my my life too. You know.
0: Well, that's that's awesome. Let's let's get into your life. Um, how did you get into ATVs?
2: So I'm born and raised up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Uh, a lot of farming, you know, so we had a lot of fields and stuff by us. So um, we always kind of had four orders, got my first one when I was, I believe, four years old and uh, got older brother, Eric and older sister, Heather, we're all within five years of each other. So we all just kind of rode together too. then, you know, older we got, my dad bought us more quads and. Had a cabin in northern Wisconsin, rode, rode the trails up there, you know, as a family thing, you know, snowmobiling, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then just kind of led to racing fullers at the age of 13 up at a local track and fell in love with it since. <laughs> so.
0: and And when you were racing locally, did you ever have any idea that you were going to go pro?
2: <laughs> no, no, not. I mean,. So I started in 2003 and um, I took first place my first, well, not my first time in racing, but my first year. We only raced like two or three times. And um, I actually broke my arm when, when I was leading the race this first time, you know, ever being out there. Um, but then the second year, because my brother raced with me, and um, that year, um, you know, we just, Me and him kicked butt in B-class because there's actually a quad series up here in Wisconsin where we had good riders, you know, Doug Gus, Steve Runkle, uh, Corey here, Eddie Eddie Dejeneff, you know, just a lot of guys that ran nationals back in in 05, 03, 04, stuff like that. So um, started, we both won the B-class there and then moved up to A-class locally. It would be our It'd be legitimately our second full year of racing, you know, just local races. Did decent there, and then, yeah, you know, I mean, for two brothers, we're kind of like the Miller brothers, you know, Cody and Hunter, and we really didn't know what else to do because you know we're doing pretty good at the at the locals, but it's a whole another step going to nationals, you know, for money wise and. Time, you know everything, so ended up doing that in two thousand and six because well, yeah, we started kicking butt here locally, and there we were at nationals three years later after just started racing four wheelers, <laughs> so
0: when you went to nationals, did you start in the lower divisions, or did you guys jump right into the pro class?
2: uh me and my brother started out in sixteen twenty four and then production a, so that would have been two thousand six um I was always good at hole shots. Um, it was just, I don't know. It was just my reaction time is just as a young kid, it was always good. So I i did really good in, in those. I won the championship in production A in 2007, which would have been my second year doing nationals. Um, but the first year, um, I think I took like fourth in 1624 and then like seventh in production A. And then uh, my brother actually crashed at the first round of 07 down in Pell City, Alabama and shattered his foot. And uh, that pretty much ended his career. So then the racing just went all on me with full-time mechanic, Joe Bird's mechanic, old mechanic, after Joe won his championship in 06. Um, actually, no. Yeah, 06, Chris Delagarde. So, you know, I was a senior in high school. And I was running Pro Am with Clay Holmes, um, you know, taking second place and swapping out first with him. That was when that and WPSA were together. And, you know, my mom and dad stuck everything to me. You know, we were family owned. I had sponsors, you know, DAS helped me out, Truly Design, Motor Works, uh, DWT, you know, companies like that were giving me free product, but it wasn't a levy. Mom and dad were making, you know, we're, Paying me to live on the road, you know, and, and go racing, and um, so 2006, I got my first one at nationals, and we knew we had potential. So then, that's why my dad went, spent the money on a full-time mechanic, you know, in the pro-am days, which no one really did that, you know, and so just went from there. You know, won the production A championship in 2007, runner-up in pro-am in 07. Uh, 2008, I just stuck to pro am and took second place again behind Thomas Brown, and then 2009 I turned pro, so started doing nationals in all 0- six and turned pro in 09, um, you know. So, but I trained with Joe Bird from 2005, six, seven, you know, and then after him, Digger Doug is two two hours from me, and I started training with Digger and became his kind of like little protégé after sh- Russell Shoemaker kind of fell, you know, quit racing and trained with him and then got hooked up with Josh Creamer after Doug retired, you know, back, back in 2010 and got hooked up with Creamer. Uh we're really good friends and um just hooked up with him and got even faster, you know, and you know how the you know all the ATV industry died and pretty much there, you know, it it ended and Yeah. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) you, you slowed racing down after the ten season. Um,
2: 2013, 2013. So I did pro 2009 pro 2010, 11, 2012. I did halfway and shattered my foot at high point. Uh, I think I was running six and, and, and points in pro. Um, and I was running six there, shattered my foot. And I thought that was pretty much done because I had two kids at the time. You know, I was I was 23 years old with two girls. My dad owns a sewer and water business. And, you know, at that time, there's really no factory support. You know, Can-Am was dropping out. Otherwise, it was just Yamaha. And that's when Chad got his first, you know, his first factory deal with them. It was 2012 there. And it was pretty much, I thought it was Dunzo for me. But then Walsh, um, Walsh picked me up in 2013 riding his Suzuki. um, one last year because I I lived down by Walsh's pretty much all my preseason because I'm up in Green Bay. So we start getting snow in November, you know, and we can't ride until end of May. I mean, it's raining. It, It it was raining here all week, you know, and it sucks for training until pretty much June. So. Yeah. So I pretty much lived down by Walsh's for quite a few years. And, uh, luckily he gave me a ride in 2013. Otherwise I, w- I was going to be done completely. You know, um, I, I wasn't training though, you know, 2013, I was working full time for my dad and just riding at the nationals. And I think I ended up taking seventh overall that year, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and I didn't know how I was gonna be because I had my shattered foot. You know, I mean I completely shattered it, dislocated the ankle. I was in a foot halo for about seven months. And then uh yeah, so that was pretty much it after 2013, you know, and got out of it. Got out of it, you know. Cause then I had three kids already, you know, and there was no there's really like I said, no factory support. I had to start running my crew doing sewer and water and Ended up buying one of my old quads back a couple of years ago, and here we go, and we go and win Iron Man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you didn't race from thirteen to present day. Um,
2: so I did. I did one race. I did one race in two thousand fourteen at Walnut, Illinois, and um. My stator took a, my stator went out Yeah, pretty much riding from end of 2013 until about one of my quad, my 2012 quad that I shattered my foot on. I actually bought that back, um, two years ago in 2020 and I went and raised red bud in the plus plus 25 class. And, um, that was the first time I touched the quad since 2014 or 2013, you know, so jumped on that. Um, Did that and I I think I took third to first moto, you know, not touching a four wheeler in seven years, six years or whatever. Um, Jumped on that and said, all right, that's good enough for another year. I went and did Red Bud last year without touching a four wheeler or, you know, um, and I ran pro sport, I think it was. I pulled the whole shot there and then. Red Butt is such a rough track now compared to what it was back in the early 2000s. You know, they added so much sand for those motocross to the nations and I was just I was tired for, from that. Yeah, I did two laps and I was whooped. Um and then I just did pro this year because, you know, I just I, I've never heard of a pro retiring and coming and doing pro again, honestly. And um I just love ATV motocross. So damn much where, you know, if I'm going to their track, might as well just go park in the pro pits again. And, you know, I, I felt like the the series needed a little, a little spark or something, you know, they heard all oh, Nick DeNobles coming back and running pro, you know, it was pretty, you know, it was, it was a, not a huge G deal, but it turned some things around, you know? So. Were,
0: were you prepared for the, for the weather? That came in. No,
2: no, I wasn't prepared. I, honest, honestly, i I didn't bring nothing. You know, i i my quad, i the front tires on it are still my 2012 tires from when I sold my quad. Um, I didn't bring nothing with no mud tires. Um, it just came so fast, you know. Honestly, like the weather just came so fast. I seen it was supposed to be sixty percent. Um, you know, a chance of rain, but I didn't think it was going to be like that. No one did, you know, cause it didn't downpour. It was like right on the gate. You know, It was windy and stuff, but yeah, I didn't bring nothing to prepare for. Um, my, I actually just washed it up yesterday after, from the race and just to look at my airbox and I, I was running no airbox lid. There's holes all over my, you, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's my dry race quad for for dry weather and honestly i wasn't going to stick the money into into building my quad up for one race you know um i bought a couple parts for it and i was like all right 500 dollars is enough i'm going to spend on this because you know you gotta buy your pro card which is a hundred dollars there entry fee for another hundred dollars fuel prices you know i spent almost a grand in fuel just driving six hours you know and it was just like man I was just, I was just lucky enough. My old lady let me go race, <laughs> you know, and then, <laughs> and then even just even go up to the pro class, you know, um, let's be real. I wasn't ready for the pro class, you know, haven't, haven't really raced in eight years. You know, I retired a pro, and, but Jimmy racing at that level, it's been eight years. And, um, I don't know it was, it was a brain fart that turned into honestly the biggest dream I've ever had. I mean, besides winning an overall, you know, in the pro class, you know, I've came very close to that. I've got runner up a couple times. And, um, but it was just like, man, what a dream come true, you know, and just to do in front of the girls and everything, you know, because the girls, my oldest, I had her and thought, well, me and my wife had her in 2009 so that was my first year running in pro so she really didn't see the racing you know so um and the other ones there we had them after racing so they really didn't see it they see the trophies and my national championships and the quads they all got quads um so it was just cool uh to bring them there for that, you know, to park in the pro pits again to show them what the fame is, you know, at at the pro races, you know? And man, what a weekend. What 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 a mind blowing weekend, honestly. And it was just great seeing Chad, Chad and Joel, because I used to train with those guys. Um they're my training partners from two thousand, you know, nine till I, I got done racing in twenty thirteen. You know, I mean me and Joel lived on the road together for years, you know, and just great being out on the track with those guys again and just just raising the old generation when I was a top runner to the new generation, you know, which are eighteen year olds, seventeen year olds like Max Lindquist. I used to train him when he was eight. It was just it was awesome, you know, especially for giving, giving, you know, my family gave up their life to ATD racing. We were a full privateer team my whole life, you know. So my mom, and dad knew knew what that win on Sunday meant, you know. And and especially as it knowing being my final hurrah race, you know, like I just did it just for fun, just like just to stir shit up, you know. That that that's all it was. And man, we ended up coming out. And winning that second moto, which it was, you know, that race, it was a monsoon. You know, like no one expected it to be like that, and it was. It was a good. It was a good motocross race. You know, first motos were nice and dry. Second motos were just soaking. You know, like my brother-in-law came. That was his first uh, motocross race. I was like, that this weekend is a true motocross race. You get to see the dry, the muddy, and it was it was a swamp. <laughs> but we came out with a wind that I've never had before and man does it feel amazing.
0: How did how did you get through all of that water when there were guys out there that were prepared for water, there were guys out there that were fifty percent prepared for water. You did nothing and you seemed to have no issues. No.
2: I I honestly Oh man my grandpa passed away a couple of years ago and, and he, he, he never missed one of my races, you know? So he was there for my whole racing career until two years ago, until I started back up and, uh, and my father-in-law passed away last year. And I just honestly, Chad told me it it was the perfect storm. And I've just, my grandpa was, was with me and my father-in-law was because they knew how much I loved racing and they, you know, when I'm on the gate, I always say a prayer to them and stuff. And it just, they knew it was my last race. You know, I i said in my prayer, you know, this is my last hurrah, let's do this. And what do you know? I was just like, man, I don't know. I, I, that, that's what I think it was. It was just, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what do you, <laughs> how do you explain it? Oh, like, I, I literally had an open air box. I was pounding through all of the puddles. I wasn't going around them. I was, I was literally trying to drown my quad, you know, and that thing just ran so crisp the whole time. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how, how, how does something like that happen? You know, and it's just, it's just unbelievable. And it's just, man.
0: Divine intervention.
2: Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah.
0: That's pretty awesome.
2: So... speechless honestly you know it's just it, it's just a story it, it's just a it's just a thing you never hear of you know and it's just man and I didn't like like I said I didn't prep for nothing you know we just went down as if we're going to a dry motocross race and man that was awesome it was awesome
0: what'd your girls say to you at the finish line? Uh <sighs>
2: I don't even know. I mean, they're just pumped, excited. Like we didn't even know what happened. You know, I mean, you, you didn't know who was in the race, who was on the lead lap or anything like that. You know, there's only legitimately, it was only me and Wesley that were racing, you know, everyone else were a lap down or more than a lap down. So it was legitimately, it was just me and Wesley Wolf out there racing. And, and, Man, I got off and there's was just ecstatic. Honestly, it it didn't even hit me. Um, Cody Jansen came down, long long friend of mine, and Casey Greek, like, dude, you just won the race, and I was like, no, you know, shut up, you know. Just I was just all riding in the mud, but I knew that I beat Hadrick, I beat the Fords, I beat everyone because they're just sitting around the side, you know, the first lap. And then I was like, all right, as, as long as we make it two laps. I'm out of those guys. So I'll be like a top five finisher in case my quad died, you know? And well, here we were eight minutes in there, eight laps into it. And the old Honda still, still giving her. So (laughs) man, it was just the girls blown away.
0: Wesley was riding a Honda too, wasn't he?
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wesley was Honda me. Um, there wasn't too many Hondas out there. Um, there's this number 101. He's from like Argentina or something. He was on a Honda. Um, I don't think there's any more Hondas. Otherwise, It's just the Yamahas, you know? And Those Yamahas took on so much water, you know? I mean, there's so much electrical on, on, on EFI bikes. And I'll just, I don't know. I just, I've just always been a Honda guy. And I guess I don't know. I I can I can blame it that they're stalling because they're on Yamaha's, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know but it's okay. I don't know. It was,
0: that that that's pretty awesome. Yeah,
2: exactly. You know, I mean nice. Yeah.
0: When you um, were but, out there with Wesley yeah. when you go in Wesley were going at it how close were you guys to each other throughout most of the race?
2: So I didn't, I didn't even know Wesley was up front. I didn't know what position I was in. Um, Neem Brandon and Hogue went after, w- w- went, went with each other there, for, went at it for a while, for probably like a lap or two. Um, I was, you know, he was definitely saving his bike cause I was just plowing into the turns. Like I know I stuck, like stuffed him into the turn probably once or twice. And I apologize to him about that, you know, but it was just, I I had nothing to lose. So I just, I was just fighting with him for a little while. And then last lap, I seen a Honda going pretty good yet, you know, so I thought it was Hogue again, but apparently it was Wesley Wolf. So we, um, at the white flag, um, he was right in front of me, like 15 seconds in front of me. And then I passed him after the Godzilla jump, he come down this hill. I mean, I was, I was booking it down that hill pretty much all day and, and, um, made the pass there on the final lap and I had no idea it was for the lead, you know, and, um, pass him on the final lap and just went you know was just kept going and all of a sudden i looked back after a checker flag because i got the white flag again and i was like well what the hell you know i like like looked back and i don't know if i should have kept going again or not you know but i knew i passed wesley and then i just pulled off and that's when casey and, and cody came there, like dude you just won the race i was like <laughs> how 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 is that even possible i I didn't know who, who i was passing or what you know um that that logan stanfield he was out there riding yet um but i think he was like two laps down but like i said it was just me and me and wesley but i got a rock stuck in my rotor um and my tire was locked up for half the track so i one of my lap times was like five minutes trying i ended up going on top of a jump rolling it down you know getting a rock out and then finally i took off and after that it was just pretty much cruise control because by that time the water was Pretty much three quarters away, pushed off of it. You know, Um, the flaggers started digging trenches and stuff for the water to 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 run out. So it was actually a pretty decent track. Um, It just sucked that that many people, you know, fell the first lap. Like it kind of sucks winning, winning that way. You know what I mean? Where everyone just falls off the first lap. You know, but it's part of racing, I guess. You know, and it's man, it was, it's a race. It's, it's a race. Everyone's going to remember, you know, is, is a monsoon race. And then an eight year retired pro comes out and wins the second moto, you know, just, just the whole story of the storm and everything, you know, it's just going to be, it's awesome. And it's awesome to be part of it, you know,
0: man, Were your mom and dad there? no
2: no they weren't they had to do some bulldozer work up here like clear clear some trails out at one of his properties and um my sister was down there so it was me my wife my three kids um my 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 good friend nick and his girlfriend stayed in our camp we bought this new toy hauler cuz we me and my family like camping and um so we bought this new toy hauler so they stayed in there with us and then uh my sister and brother-in-law came down with their two kids um so they came down and my sister was there my whole life growing you know racing with us she was at the races from the amateur days through the whole th- th- the good and bad you know and the same with my wife i've been with my wife for i'm 33 so i've been with her for almost 15 years pretty much like out of high school and um so she's been around with the whole time too it was just cool it was just cool doing my last race around them. And my guy, my, 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 my godson, uh, my sister's son, he was there and, you know, he just always talked about uncle Nick, you know, racing and stuff, but he's so young. He didn't know, he doesn't, he, he didn't know me racing and stuff. So it was cool to do in front of everyone. I wish my mom and dad were there, you know, but it was cool. Um, cause like I said, I work for my dad, you know, I see him every day and, um, he pulled me, he pulled me to the side the other day and, you know, hugged me and said, I'm proud of you and wish I was there and that, you know, because we had a lot of hard times, you know, financially with the racing back in 2008, you know, seven, you know, back, back in the depression days or whatever. Um, it was good. It was, man, it was, it was just.
0: What was that S- phone call like?
2: honestly like uh he was up at the cabin it was it was real short it was actually kind of awkward you know it was um i was like hey dad Dad, you won't believe it um i just won the second moto oh yeah yeah, good job bud good good all right gotta go i was like oh okay thanks (laughs) you know (laughs) but you know he was up at the cabin doing yard work and stuff which you know my mom really doesn't support this racing deal anymore, especially after all my injuries and all, all the stuff we went through as a family and, you know, my, da- us men racing is in our blood. So my, my dad still loves it, still talks about and stuff, you know, but, um, just not into it. Like, like he used to be, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, I mean, 10 years flies, you know, it was just, man, but I got home I got home and I guess just seeing him in person, just getting a hug from your dad, you know, and just hearing that from him, just uh he marked that off the off off the checklist, you know. What'd so your,
0: what'd your brother think?
2: Um he was he, he was pretty pumped. He was um uh, so my brother actually lives right down the road from me. He lives about an eighth mile away and um he came here so I got home Sunday from the race and I've been working down in Milwaukee out of town. So I'm gone during the week, and I come home on the weekends and, um, he came home, he stopped here last night and gave me a hug and we're all teary eyed. He goes, man, you pr- you finally did it and I'm proud of you. And, you know, pretty emotional, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's a lifelong dream, you know, to do, to win a pro race, you know, it really is. And then, uh, the, and then to come out and come out of not riding for so long, you know, and do a 24 minute moto. Like the first moto I did the, I did the moto solid, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't so, I wasn't slow, you know, Chad and Chad and Joel finally lapped me on the final lap. So, I mean, that's pretty good for not, for, for not riding how many years for 24 minutes, you know, um, but the other guys i mean i had the other guys in my sight you know i mean it's not like i was like a c class rider out there but it was just yeah how
0: did it know. how did it feel jumping big after all that time off um
2: i love jumping you know so like I, even on snowmobiles up here i'll jump and stuff but them were the biggest jumps i've ever seen um and that's why I went out here, man, because I've never been there before. And I've seen how big those jumps were on TV, but seeing them in person, I'm like, holy shit. These things are huge. I mean, that Godzilla jump, you're, you're jumping off. You're jumping out of a valley and just going into the sky, you know, and your fourth gear, just wide open all the way up to it. And coming down, I mean, Friday, we got there Friday morning and just, just watching amateurs jumping. There's this triple in the, in the middle that the amateurs got to do. And that thing is huge. I mean, these guys are getting 15, 20 feet in the air, 25 feet in the air. You know, and the lip looks like a, rock, a little leap, you know, just built into this hill. It's like, Oh my goodness. You know, and exactly. I haven't rode in how long It's like, man? Like I, I went to wean in my wife. I went to Hedger. I was like, I don't think I can jump these. You know, like, seriously, like, I mean, I j- I might have to pull out of this. I mean, these things are big and I got to go to work Monday. You know I mean? If I get hurt, I'm, I'm out of the family business and stuff, you know, like my racing, when I go racing, they like, my mom and dad are like, that's on you. You screw yourself up. You're no longer, you know, you're, you, you can go work somewhere else, you know? <laughs> and, and, um, yeah. So, but it was just, just looking at those jumps and like, Holy man, I don't know I don't know if I can jump these honestly, you know, but as soon as I jumped on the quad, I was back at home again. And I, I, I jumped everything. The second lap, the first lap I rolled everything and I was like, all right, let's just go wide open. You know I mean? That's all you can do with big jumps like that. Just hit them fourth, fifth gear wide open, whatever's not lugging and just sent everything to second lap. And then, Continue doing that during qualifying. You know, I only did four laps in qualifying because my arms are just so tired. You know, I haven't hurt and you know, it was just like holy shit. Those jumps were big, you know, and you know how nerve wracking that is, holding on so tight and coming down, cu- coming down that tabletop after Godzilla. I mean, it's you launch, and this landing is straight up and down, and it's just so. Just so insane. You know, it 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 really is. It's just like, man, you know, like the gnarliest track that I was racing back in the day comparing to that was probably probably Walnut, Illinois. You know, I mean, there's a couple big tabletops there, uh, you know, Sunset Ridge. Um, but these this track was badass. That's all you can say it as the like the ultimate American motocross track. You got your clay. You got your topsoil that turns kind of sandy, you know. So the big jumps, nice roller sections, and it's just it was a beautiful place. And the parking there is awesome, you know. It's all it's all that we call it millings, grinding up blacktop. So it's all nice gravel parking. We had water hookups and stuff. It was like, man, glad we came here, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, it, it's, it's top notch there. And the track's awesome, you know.
0: Was it, were all the amateur pits as good as the pro pits or no? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. It was all, it was all nice. It was all nice gravel. It was all nice gravel there. Everything, everything on the track flowed too. Like, like they stuck their time in building the track. Like when a monsoon, that second moto, they, they, they knew where the water was going. You know, like when they built that track, like I said, we do certain water. So I deal with the water all the time and flow and all that stuff. So when they built this track, they got pipes and in between the jumps for where if they did get a monsoon, it would all wash down because there's a creek down at the bottom of their track, you know, a little little ways off the track. And they just had everything, everything made perfect to let the water flow out, you know, and they they did it right there. It, it, it's one, of, it, it probably is the best track I've ever been to, you know, track wise, facility wise, you know, and the people there are nice. Um, you know, it's not far from here and it's nice cause there's a big city right by it. So it, if you need to run to Walmart or whatever, you don't have to run 20 minutes. It's literally three minutes away, you know? So, so that's nice too. You know, so
0: you think? Yeah. You think if there wouldn't have been rain, there might have been a better spectator draw?
2: <sighs> nah, probably not. <laughs> no <laughs> you no know, I, I, honestly, like that's that's why I go to the races too—is just to see how many racers come to it and how many spectators come to it. Because like when I was racing, all the factories were there. There were three Suzuki teams two Kawasaki teams, four Can-Am teams, you know, so it was huge. WPSA was there and um, just seeing what it is there now. I mean, honestly, the only spectators is, are the people at the races. You know what I mean? And it sucks because like, I remember in 2007, eight going to steel city all over the radio. Oh, AMA pro ATV motocross, you know, this weekend, you know, it's not like that anymore. You know, even, you know, it's just the, per, the promoting's horrible. Um, it, but it's just, it, no, back on subject, but no, the rain with the rain. I don't think that that had anything to do with the spectators. It's, you know, cause it is kind of kind of in the middle of a cornfield too, you know, it's just outside of town, just outside of Lafayette, you know, Indiana. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know.
0: That's I, I. You hit the nail on the head. The promotions, you know, we've yeah. been talking about this for the last couple of years, and I really get into the promotion conversation with the WMX because they do yeah. so little promotions yeah. at all that it's hard to promote the women's sports, let alone promoting the men's sports. And I think that the promoters need to be held more accountable that if they're going to get these races, they need to make sure that they get it out on the radio. They get flyers posted. uh, Yeah. Because the ticket draw is is gotta be there. Yeah. Once you see an ATV do some of the things that you guys were doing when it was dry. Yeah. That would bring people to watch it because it's pretty exciting stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It really is. You know, like my mechanic, you know, even just up, up in green Bay here and being, Being a pro rider back in 2011, and the dirt bike guys seeing me just go to local races and whoop ass, even on the practice tracks, like, oh man, these quads are no joke. You know, like these pro quad guys are fast. You know, so my mechanic this week, and he's a bike guy. He goes, I just want to come and watch how fast Weenan and Hetrick those guys are. You know, and that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's amazing seeing ATV motocross. You know, like people think that, oh, what do you do? we race quads on oh, the mud. No, like we do the jumps. It, like, I do the obstacle courses, the jumps and stuff like the tricks. No, we do the big jumps race for 20 minutes. You know, it's just, yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're right. It's the, it's the, it's the promoting of it. Even, even back in 2007, eight, nine, 10, 11, it wasn't that good then either. They would just have a little, a little um, cardboard sign, you know, ATV MX race with an arrow, you know, it's just like, I don't they know. Need to promote better.
0: They definitely need to promote better.
2: Yeah, you, you know, but I can. <clears throat> I don't know. Am you know? I'm not part of AMA. Well, you know, AMA member or whatever. But you know, like I don't know what the what the ETV series gets for spending wise on the season and stuff. You know what I mean? I'm sure they get some sort of you know balance from the AMA or whatever you know, to to spend, but I know off of my winnings off that second moto, um, you know, they can't be getting much. So I can understand why they're not promoting it or, you know, promoting races or they're just putting it somewhere else. You know,
0: I don't know. Well, like all the gate money's going in the, in the track owner's pocket.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just
0: he, like the track owner. If he really wanted to make money, he'd be out there promoting the local radio stations to get the draw yeah. of the spectator in there.
2: Yeah. Steel City did it. Steel Steel City always did a good job at promoting. Um, like they actually put billboards up of, you know, back, back when Wimmer and Doug Gus were, were you know, they had the rock star. They stuck money into billboards and shit, you know, and that actually, Steel City was probably one of the biggest, pot, you know, spectator races mm-hmm. we have, you know, we used to have. But, it's, it, you know, but like even going to, uh, going down to Indiana this weekend, there were no signs going down the road. You know, you're just following your GPS to get to the track. You know, it just like, is it that hard to make a sign?
0: You know, see, with, do you see any promotions on social media either?
2: No, no. Besides the racers, you know, the racers are only the ones that, that, that are doing it, you know, but, if Supercross needs to start, start sharing the ATV stuff too, you know, I, I don't know what the big deal is between the bike guys and the quad guys is, you know, I mean, I mean, it, I, I just don't get it because that, I think that that's a huge deal with this whole TV coverage and promoting and stuff too. You know, it's about motorcycles. You know, it's always been about motorcycles, you know, ATVs are for out uh out on the four wheeler park. You know,
0: um, ATV sales generally cover the salaries for the motorcycle guys.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: You so know, got it it backwards. It, yeah. If they're going to, if they're going to, if we're going to pay those guys, all those big dollars, shouldn't their sales support it? And if you're yeah. going to do that, let the ATV guys have the money and promote the ATVs. Because I believe that if you could get the, Spectator or the the general consumer to see what an ATV can do in its environment. Yeah, I believe that you'd have a bigger draw of people watching it. Hmm.
2: Promoted on pr- promoted during Supercross races, you know, on TV. You know, it just just put up a four wheeler, the four wheeler season schedule. You, you know, during during a commercial or something like that. Yep. You know, just Super- small. Oh, it's just like, like I I remember seeing Thomas Brown getting interviewed down at the Dallas Supercross and stuff like that, which is super cool. But you don't see it on TV. They show it at the arena, you know. Oh, Team USA won over in Germany and this and that. Thomas Brown, you know, it's not on TV, you know. So it's not helping the sport doing it just at the arena. Which yeah, it's cool being at being at the arena, but it should be on TV. You know, that's where everyone. That's where it's at, you know.
0: Well, that's gonna get that's gonna get more awareness. I I I don't know if you've ever done any TT racing, but when you watch an ATV at night on a TT track, it's poetry in motion. It's freaking, it's unbelievably awesome to watch because they're going so fast and they just drift through the turns. I mean, short of watching these guys jump the big jumps, yeah. The, the, those things are what they're made for. I mean, yeah. And the new athlete can do things with an ATV. I mean, whoever thought you could whip a quad like that?
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so, some of the stuff they're doing these days is like, yeah, that's that's pretty insane.
0: I watch the the videos, you know, because I've been around a long time. I mean, I, I I come back when we raced 250Rs with stock suspension because that's all there was. And yep. I remember racing 250 yards with stock suspension because that's all you could get your hands on yep. and whipping a quad at that point, you know, was unforeseen. There's just no way that you could do that. And that's crashing.
2: Yeah. You turn the handlebars bars a little bit and that'd be it. Yeah. But yeah. Even watching Digger ride back on his z 400 and Natalie back in the day, those guys never really whipped quads, you know? It's just like, man.
0: And and those guys were probably heroes. If you think about the the sport of today, I mean, yeah. they would still be dominant because they're so physically strong and they train yeah. so hard.
2: Exactly. You
0: know, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know the, the training regimen of some of these guys, but when you talk to Joe and you talk to, Gust, and you talk to Natalie, they really took it to a whole new level.
2: Yeah, yeah, they did. You know, and honestly, I kind of have that same mentality too. And that's why I came back to this race also as well. I trained with Joe, I trained with Doug. You know, like me and Doug would go to the gym for four hours and we would swim laps for an hour, hour and a half, and then an hour of doing this, an hour doing this. And it was just like, man, the guy was 41 years old, the six pack, you know, just, just, just naturally jacked, you know? And then you got Joe bird that we're doing a 20 minute moto. And then you push your quad on the whole track. And it wasn't him telling us he's doing it too, up and down all the jumps, you know, in the, in the Tennessee heat, getting ready for Loretta's and stuff. It was like, man, you don't see training like that anymore. All they do is pretty much ride you know, but, but just following those guys in their training, I was like, man, these guys are, these guys are bad-asses and it was just unbelievable because then you go work out in the gym and you're doing two moto, like two 30 minute motos. And then two, like six lap sprint races, we we'd call each other, you know, we call it in race with each other just like every day. Every single day, and yeah, you know, no no days off besides maybe a Sunday here and there. You know, it was just like man, unbelievable.
0: When you went to the race and you didn't prep for it as far as training, I know you probably physically work hard um, in your job. What was your mindset on the on the starting gate, knowing that you hadn't went through some of that rigorous training
2: for for, for Ironman? Yeah. All up here, all up in my head. Honestly, that's that was pretty much. I'm, I honestly, I'm a sewer rat. I, I work, and you know, I, I tip back the twelve ounce cans, and that was my trip. Honestly, you know, and and Jenna's my, my wife's like Nick. How are you going to last twenty plus minutes? I was like, honestly, Jenna, I'm just going to tell myself that I'm going to just go out right my quad in last 20 minutes. And I did, you know. And I haven't I I stretched, I stretched a little bit before it and my hamstrings were so tight, I was like, oh yeah, I can't do this. I'm just gonna get on the roller and ride. You know, I was just so tight and it was I just put it in my mind that I was just gonna last, last the moto. You know? Digger 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 and Doug real Doug uh Digger and um Joel really Really taught me, or even Wimmer, you know, I, I used to train with Wimmer. um, Racing's 90 to 95% mental, you know, 10, 10 5, percent physical. Is that true? No, because you got to be, you can't be 350 pounds and being a, you know, pro, you know, pro motocross racer. But, you know, if you have it up here, man, I don't, I don't know how I made it those races, honestly, because exactly. I didn't train at all. I didn't, I didn't run. I did like my wife. like a week before she was, don't you think you should get up and go run at least? Like, doesn't, would that make you feel good? I was like, no, we're, we're just going to go there and we're just going to run it. You know, we're going to get off the couch and go run, you know, run the quad. And
0: do you think your maturity yeah. as far as your maturity in your mind from racing, you already knew what you were prepared for. So that helped yeah. you not, uh, because I know that racers can mentally take themselves out of the loop instantly. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like you were relaxed enough that you, you stayed in the game because you didn't take yourself out mentally.
2: Yeah. You actually hit that right on the head. Yeah. I, um, be, being lined up with those guys and I'll be honest, like, I wasn't looking at the younger guys like, Oh my God, I'm scared. You know, I'm scared to ride against these guys. I'm older, have respect for your elders, you know, kind of deal. And I knew they respected me, you know, like I knew I was respected out on the gate because they were young when I, when I was racing and they seen me and I was just fully, fully respected out there and just sitting on the line. I had no worries. Like, like, like I, I pushed all the, I was nervous. But as soon as that, as soon as that thirty-second board went up, it all went away, and I started ripping this whole shot and just ride. You know, I knew I was not going to keep up with with all those guys if I would have tried sprinting six laps. You know, if I would have during qualifying, I sprinted. I, I I did two. I did two hot laps. Like the first after I bombed everything, the second lap, I put two hard laps in to try getting a fast lap. And, um, I pulled some mechanics there and I was like, Nick, my arms are jello. I'm, I can't ride anymore. <laughs> you know? And, um, I just sat in there for about a half lap to a lap and just went back out and just, instead of worrying about putting a fast lap and I just rolled, you know, I wasn't charging hard into the turns, but I was just riding. And I did the same thing for the first moto. You know, I just, I knew I wasn't gonna, I knew I was going to keep up with those guys. You know, it like, yeah, there's just, there's no, no way I was going to. And, um, so I just went out and rode and, and luckily I got in a battle with that Honda from Argentina for half the race and it turned out to be a pretty good race. And then, you know, I had fun, you know, I was, I was back in that element and I wasn't back on my own, you know, like out in the back, far back, just cruising around. I was actually in a battle for pretty much most of the race then the second race came it was just a monsoon and it was just all right here we go last final race i i know i'm a good mud rider and this race is calling me
0: you know you get tired at all in the second moto
2: oh no i really didn't because i mean you you weren't pushing like you were if it was a dry race you know like charging the jumps and stuff you know um I, I I think I, I, I got tired from being excited because of all the passes I was making. Like the first lap, the first lap I went from back in the pack up, up to the probably top five, you know, in just one or two turns, just always go inside and push out. Well, I think I came down that hill of Godzilla and Hedrick was on my right. And I went on to the inside and I just stuffed him and he actually got stuck on the berm. And Like my sister has a video of that and and like I seen it, I was like, oh shit, you know, but it's racing, you know, but in a mud, (laughs) you know, you just go to the inside, you know, but I understand those guys, those guys had to worry about their motors, you know, about, about points, about all that, you know, I didn't have nothing to lose. I was, I was literally trying to beat my quad to death, knowing that it's getting hung up in my shop. You know, and man, and how it all unfolded too, you know, it was just unbelievable. It really was like, like it's, it, you cannot, it's just a story you think is just made up, you know?
0: (laughs) That's what makes it so cool is, is it, is the fact that it was, it's such an awesome story, the way to tell it. Um, you just made a comment about your machine. So are you going to change anything about the machine before you put it up? Or are you just going to put it up the way it is?
2: Um, I'm just put up the way it is. I just drained the oil in it, drained the oil in it, coolant, gas. I got all the lift fluids out of it. So clean it up. And I'm just going to put it up in my, up in my shelving where you can see it. And that's where she's going to sit. I, it's, I, I have so many stories on that roller. It it's, I won the second moto on a 2012 race quad that hasn't been touched since 2012. Okay. Like my shocks, my alcas are blown out. I took it by Casey uh, over at impact solutions and he wanted me to send them in because he couldn't, he didn't have the parts there to rebuild the shocks cause they're just, they're so old, you know, they're 10 years old and man, there's so many memories with that. So many memories with that floor and then just polishing off polishing off a pro racing career winning on it. I mean, what do you do? You know? I was thinking about putting a 250 motor in it for my daughter, but then I'm then I'm just gonna have a motor laying around and you know this and that. So gotta hang her up. I got I'm gonna put that up and who knows? I'll probably get another quad just uh Mess around on, you know, which all they make are Yamahas. Now, I mean, the Yamahas are pretty badass. You know, I I wouldn't mind getting on one of those. um But
0: have you, you got, got to th- ride one yet? Have you got to ride a
2: Yamaha yet? i oh, never have. So I've been on Hondas my whole life. Well, my I I started on Suzuki Z400 one year. Then I then I was on the old yfc's when they first came out, and then I was on Honda from 2005 to. 2012. Rode for Walsh on that LTR 450 in 2013 and then just back on Honda. But I don't know. Yeah, those Yamas look pretty cool. It sucks that they got rid of that of that pro stock class or whatever. You know, like Wienan was running hat you know, with those stock bikes. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, because then then you can just go and rip it with the fast guys, you know, and don't have to spend a lot of money on it. That's like if, I,
0: that's, that's where I think they hurt themselves or uh, eliminating that class hurt them. Oh yeah. That yeah. is a promotion that it'll just allows people not to spend ungodly amounts of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a pro it, race quad is what? 30 grand, 35, yeah. 32 grand.
2: Yeah. You know, just like, I remember 2006 at Glen Helen, Suzuki had a, uh, their LTR race where they, Put every all the pros on LTRs when they first came out, and that was badass. It was like all the pros were on stock Suzuki's, and that's that. That's what that pro stock class was about. They're they're all pretty much on Yamahas. Well, besides Hedrick goes on a Suzuki and stuff, but I don't know. But I personally, in that class, if you're running that a tether, Nerf bars, you can change your tires. No, no air filters, ECUs, you know, none of that. Just because I know those I, those guys, like, I know Thomas and Chad were putting, di- you know, like different, I don't know, I don't know the Yamahas. I just, I just know you can computer computer stuff different with them, you know, to get better RPMs or this and that, you know.
0: Yeah, they were flashing the ECUs. And one of the biggest complaints they had is because all the parts on the 09 fit in the 22 and they say the oh nine cam exhaust cam is better
2: okay. they because
0: they're putting the oh nine exhaust cam in in the in the newer model well if it fits and it's still an oem part it should be allowed because it's still basically all the same yeah
2: but you know that but but that that can gain you a half a horse you know the, you know coming coming as like if i entered that class I entered that class on this brand new 2000, whatever, 13, uh, t- 2022, you know, and I don't know. I, I just, I I would just want it to, I would want it to be as fair as possible. You know what I mean? Like as a stock class as a stock class. You shouldn't, you shouldn't take it that serious where you got to rip your motor apart just to gain that little bit. You know what I
0: mean? I get it. I totally get. I get where you're coming from. I just th- there was no year-specific deal in the rule. Oh, okay. And when they when the AMA ruled on it, they ruled as if there was, and there's no written year in it. Okay. Um, and and I believe they read. I believe they caused the damage the AMA did by ruling yeah. the way they did. Um, and it is it, it it you're you're gonna live with it the way it is now. There's nothing you can do about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it, in a going Yeah. You know, you're back. What's that?
0: Yeah. I said, you're back. <laughs> Your picture went away for a second. Uh, I'm, I'm bummed because I thought that it was just such a great platform for the younger people to come out of a open pro-am class or to come out of a pro sport class. And then they could ride with these guys to get a feel the year before they become transition into the pro class, it gave yeah. them a feel for it. And, um, it, it's a great way to enter into the pro class.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, and and it's nice and, and it's nice that. Um, as nice you go, go buy a stock, go buy a stock bike and go race it. You know, exactly. I don't know. I wish there was. All right, my phone's getting all messed up now. That's okay. Um, I just, I wish they went to got rid of it. It sucks. Cause I would, I would have got a Yamaha and who knows hit up a race here. You know, right. it's, it's not a full blown pro class, which is nice. You know,
0: you have to spend a shit ton of money. Exactly. Yep. You know, it, I think it'll come back, but they're going to have to redefine it a little bit, you know?
2: Well, hopefully it comes back before, I don't want to say it, before Yamaha starts fucking, you know, s- starts pulling out, you know, for, like the industries have, you know, if if the forward industry loses Yamaha, you know, making wheelers, we're screwed, you know, and it's, it's,
0: the, yeah. the aftermarket it, industry will will survive and yeah. and keep it going like it did before the factories came in. Yeah, what the problem is 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 the tooling time it will take for the for the aftermarkets to gain the traction to to do this, yeah. um, because there's no base platform other than the Yamaha to work off of. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you got developers like Walsh and Roll. And a couple others that that build frames still that that will help keep it going. Yeah, I hope it doesn't come to that. I really don't.
2: Uh, no, because I mean, legitimately, it's it. The factory support helps the supercross too. You know, you know that's how I was. I was there for that era with all the factory pulling out. You know, Suzuki, Can Am, Yamaha for how big they were back then. You know, Kawasaki and that. I was like, man that sucks. It like, it sucks seeing that pull away, which is good for Walsh. And, you know, those guys that are building, you know, these hybrids and stuff, but how are you going to get, how are you going to get at the dirt bike level running hybrids? You know, like when they're getting factory, like star racing, Yamaha, you know, rockstar Suzuki, you know, like (laughs) it's hard to explain. You know like it's
0: I totally understand what you're talking about because I've been there I, I've seen the factories in and out four times, yeah and and it's and it's um the last time they left, they hurt the industry because they hurt the aftermarket guys so bad, yeah, I think that they should have supported the aftermarket guys very better. It would have made it I think it would have lived longer if they would have done that mhm, because all they did is they came in and just took over. Yeah, they would have came in and used the aftermarket guys a little better. They would have had a better uh, a better run, and, and they wouldn't have had to put so much pressure on themselves to hold it. And that's what happened is is they just they just couldn't financially bear the weight anymore, and and went away. Um, we'll see. I mean, you you never know. Supposedly Honda has a machine ready to go. I don't know if Kawasaki will come back. Uh, I'm pretty positive Suzuki won't come out, but you have a very strong KTM Husky gas gas program. Uh, And they're a motorcycle company, but you could, you you never know. You could see them make an ATV again.
2: You know, and those KTM quads, when they're out, those are pretty sick quads. You know, I rode one once, a local dealership gave me a demo one. I mean, they're, they're, they're cool quads. They're set up nice fully FI solid 450 motor in them, you know, cause I had a KTM dirt bike too. And it was just like, man, this thing's, this thing's pretty badass, you know, but man, we need it back. You know, it's just, we do. Yeah.
0: Nick, I want to thank you so much for taking the part of your Sunday for me and, and coming out and visiting with us here at ATV talk. Um, we're going to, be doing more and more with the guys on the east. Um, uh, I think everybody knows that we're going to be out in uh Briarcliff, uh, oh. in Ohio in June. If you happen to come down and visit with us, we'd love it.
2: Yeah, yeah, who knows? I might, I've never been down there either, you know, but I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to ride unless you want to bring out your uh. Blue and white, two fifty R. I can go rip that in the two stroke class.
0: Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's that's uh, in Australia now.
2: Oh, really? God, that, that's my quad. Like I had, I I had a, a poster of that quad in my room as a kid with Tavis Kane on it. They're, you know, and just 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 a white and blue Dunk in two fifty R's. Is like man, just a dream come true. <laughs> you know we, like those we, things.
0: We were fortunate enough to build some replicas uh in eighteen and in nineteen. Um they're uh beautiful machines. Uh I wish Doug Roll would make some more frames so that we could do that. Because the two fifty R world is still going.
2: oh yeah, sure. You know, and it was actually pretty cool. Over at Iron Man they had that two stroke class and some of them two fifty Rs were <laughs> cool. I mean just 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 so just so pristine and crisp and just hearing them going out and ripping against like, yeah, badass. You know, I see that two strokes pretty big out in the dunes, out, out on the West coast there. You know, I see a lot of guys on banshees and stuff. That'd be pretty cool to get too as a banshee, but it's
0: just not, it's just not the greatest motocross bike.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, yeah. If, if, if I could get down to, to Ohio, that'd be great. You know, it'd be great to, uh, to see in person and me and stuff. And it just, man, it just to top off to top off a life, a, a race in life, like a racing life like last weekend is just unbelievable. And I don't know if I can go back to the race for a while, you know, I'm just because that's what. That's why I started a race again. I went to the track and I fell in love with it again. And I was like, "All right, here we go again."
0: <laughs> uh, I can tell you this, Nick. It never goes away. No, no, it doesn't. I know. I've, been, I've been blessed to do it my whole life, and I would, I would rather do nothing. Yeah, do it. it. uh, It just ever. It just never goes away. No,
2: you know, and it's and it's great having having my daughters into it too. Like my daughters love four withers you know and my middle one she really wants to raise um i'm not a big fan of the cvts and stuff so that's why i really haven't got her into it yet you know and i don't want to spend 35 grand on one of those 250 hybrids you know the amount of money they're they're spending on these peewee quads is just ridiculous (laughs) you know yeah it is it's just like wow i don't know how I'm not on that type of level.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Neither am I, brother. Neither am I. Hey, Nick, thank you very much again.
1: The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience... Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment 619-987-8875. Duncan
2: Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world.